Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, Easter weekend has come and gone. The This would be the last week of the regular season before the playoffs would be underway. Uh, I, I'm, I'm curious. What have you missed the most? Like, is there a single thing that you've met? Like, it doesn't even have to be basketball-related. Is there just a single, even if it's, like, some stupid thing that you miss being able to do? Can I can I pick two things that are from different, yeah. like, areas? Um, I miss... So, Spectrum was playing some, and as they have been playing, a lot of, like, back-to-back-to-back Lakers. They call it Lakers Compacto, right? It's one-hour-long versions, mm-hmm. compressed versions of the game. And they're, they're really well done. Um, and uh, I was like, Anthony Davis is freaking awesome. Like, he's he's... <laughs> Defensively, for, he's so graceful just overall. But defensively, he plays really hard and has those crazy tools. And when you see a really elite athlete, also coupled with an elite motor, it's a lot of fun. And with Davis, it most manifests itself defensively. Um, mm-hmm. So strictly from a basketball standpoint, I was like, God, I miss watching that dude play defense, man. He's rad. Yeah. And then from just a personal standpoint, just like. Twitter, man, it was just like the bar that we all hung out at every night in a lot of ways that it had the game on TV, but it also had all of these like just this social component to it that I'm definitely missing kind of the the life and liveliness of of Lakers Twitter. Yeah, they tried to do that horse thing over the weekend. And uh, the one thing that felt like sport, like that that made me feel like sports was back was the amount of people complaining about the the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Like, guys. You're talking to NBA players who probably aren't that technologically sound. Like, we know Paul Pierce was involved. We've seen how good Paul Pierce is on. T- on. We, we should be for- feel fortunate that he wasn't, like, taking pictures of the basket and saying, ah, shit, I missed. So, you know? <laughs> so him being paired with Zach Levine was tremendous. That was, like, the only part of that whole thing that I was like, all right, I'm getting into this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I didn't the- watch. I'm, I've, I, you know, we were, we were kind of out and about just trying to, to give Avery some form of an Easter. Um, and I just, I felt like there would be a certain level of desperation if you're watching guys play horse. Because pro- here's the thing, and and now I'm about to be, I'm about to make f- or be the person that I just made fun of. But if you're gonna do horse, you gotta tell these guys to try nonsensical shots. Right, it's got to be trick shots and stuff. Like, yeah, I, I knew we were in bad shape when like Trey Young, who hits fifty footers on a, re- right. on a regular basis, was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna start with a free throw. I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be rough." <laughs> I can't wait for Trey Young's like first kind of tough shooting night when we when things get back to normal. And I'm gonna be like, he's shooting tougher shots in this game than he shot in horse. That's right. Like he's just that's that's the right. So you know, I I think if you're going to if you're gonna do horse, because remember they did Kevin Durant and Rajon Rondo back in the day. They played horse mm-hmm. for like All Star Weekend, and uh, and you know even there you know finally they started like kind of getting outside of their comfort zone. Uh, you know, although in, in in to to Rondo's defense, he doesn't have a comfort zone on on the, on the court. But like they started like shooting from behind the basket and like off the court, like in the stands and stuff like that. Remember that old uh, McDonald's commercial with Larry Bird. 
Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley, where they were playing horse, mm. and oh, they yeah, were like, yeah. Off the yeah, scoreboard, like, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> right, right, off the United Center, like mm-hmm. off the, you know, whatever. Like, you know, these guys are insanely talented. Let, let, let's showcase that a little bit. And then, you know, the other, the other inherent problem is a lot of NBA guys aren't all that cool, for lack of a better term. Like the like on camera personality is kind of oh, lacking, sure. okay. so so like you know if they aren't being coached like by producers and stuff on site, you can run into some problems there. But sure. anywho, it was just it, it was fun though. Like they saying, tried. I mean, they tried to give us something. Yeah, like, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, and it was fun to see people like all talking about the same thing on on the timeline. Like right. that that brought back some sense of normalcy, uh, and and you know it just made me all the more excited for if and when uh, this season comes back. Yeah. Quick update on that front: I believe it was Brian Windhorst uh, who, in his third set of reporting, now said that the NBA is kind of working on a twenty-five day schedule. Uh, in terms of, you know, their hopes of trying to bring basketball back. Uh, you know, the first thing, I don't know if you disagree with this, Pete, but the conversation about basketball is secondary, tertiary, whatever follows tertiary, um, to any type of testing, you know, any type of vaccine, anything like that, uh, so that's kind of first and foremost, but it, it's good to see that the NBA is is optimistic about this stuff enough to float the idea of a 25-day schedule in an attempt to return to basketball. That's what I took away from the report. Yeah, that I, that's, you know, they've got to have a plan ready to go if we do get clearance. Um, neither you or I have the expertise to discuss the likelihood or the logistics of what they would have to do to lock a place, you know, uh, you know, something down. Yeah, get something, yeah. But I, I do think that uh, it gives some insight into what it would look like if it does happen and, and hopefully when it does happen. Uh, and that 25-day period of time is basically for everybody to get up to speed, right? Like we'd start playing yeah. the real games again. And uh, Jared Dudley had commented at the beginning of all this that it would take about a month. So that's right in that range uh, of period of time so man fingers crossed this would be the weirdest season in nba history it probably already is and yeah. uh but it's good to see that they're starting to discuss such things and that, that there is at least a, a tentative plan in place with the caveat that so much can change and there's so much that we don't know that maybe that plan changes significantly before it, it the rubber hits the road yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, again, the fact that these guys were even talking about this really makes me excited for, for the prospect of it. For a long time, it, it felt so pessimistic. And apparently Brian Windhorst got kind of scolded by the league <laughs> right. uh, for his pessimism, uh, which was, you know, I we all had a, a little bit of fun with. But but the, the fact that people are optimistic enough to talk about such details as far as how long it would take to get guys back on the court – like that that to me is bigger news than any specific detail along the way. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what we're going to do today, uh, we're going to take a quick second. When we come back, we are going to answer your guys' questions. We did not have a show. I took Easter to be able to offer some form of normalcy to – and the irony here is that I'm offering normalcy to a kid who has no idea what a normal Easter is, like what the concept of Easter is. Sure. Um, but, you know, we got our, we got our pictures in. Uh, So we're going to take a quick second. When we come back, we're going to start answering your questions. 
Today's episode of the Locked On NBA podcast is brought to you in part by Postmates. From an early morning breakfast burrito to a 12-pack of beers, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast, and that's where Postmates comes in. We are all trying to keep each other safe, staying at home, taking care of our own and those around us. And Postmates has been incredible in their role uh, in helping make that happen. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night fast food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download the Postmates app on either iOS or Android. Find your favorites and get anything you need delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is offering our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmates. All right, the first question here comes from Chella Bop. Uh, first, uh, short version, so I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing here because it's written kind of awkwardly. Short version, 58 games, 10-minute quarters, 7 and 8 seed uh, battle for playoff spots. Thoughts, thanks, Anthony and Pete. Love the show. I listen always. Uh, you and yours be safe. We're trying. So one thing that Dudley pointed out over the weekend was that uh, every – Network. every team, every city has their eye on 70. Like They want to be able to play. They want to fit 70 regular season games in so that they can fulfill the the minimum that most of these contracts require uh, in their their regional contracts. So that's something to keep in mind. I don't see at any point. So with with that understood, I don't see at any point in our lifetimes the number of games in an NBA season dipping below 70. Um and then 10 minute quarters like that I don't think there's any anybody has ever had a problem with the length of an NBA game it's not baseball right yeah no i i i wouldn't want 10 minute quarters um now is that proposal for this season I think it's for, this for year. next season yeah so we're i mean we're already at lakers were 49 and 12 or something like that before mm-hmm. we went down um and uh so we're already past 58 games for the season. Um, yeah, this Wednesday would be the last game of the season if everything went normally. <laughs> Weird. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, I, I think that that might be an interesting idea for next season. Uh, do they want to get kind of back on track to the normal schedule that it's always been on? There is some, there's some argument to be made that running less concurrent with football and more concurrent with the summertime. Like, is this, you know, could you push the NBA season back to start in December and then run through August or September or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, just from a TV and ratings perspective, you've got the NFL starting up in fall and in the later, uh, you know, that's that's something that may may benefit the league or it it may not. Uh, But Mm -hmm. that shortened schedule, I think, would be, a good idea for maybe next season because I think this year 
I don't think that we can put much in the way of artificial constraints on it ahead of time because we just don't know like it's going to be a you know like <laughs> how's start one right yeah. right like how how do we even know what what it's going to be so i think that they've got to be as flexible as possible this season but i think next season if they wanted to get on track perhaps an abbreviated season the way that you would with a lockout uh, and along the lines of what he's proposing there and then the seventh eighth seed do you understand that part of the question i think it's just a way to shorten down the playoffs i this is the one thing oh, I, I think I, mm-hmm. I'll push back on, uh, just in general, because I've I've seen a lot of people talk about like a, a shortened version of the playoffs. The NBA needs any and all postseason revenue it can get. Sure. So I don't see them like it's much more likely they shorten the next year, next year's regular season, than it is they shorten this postseason in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're right on with that. Uh, next question is, if the season is canceled, uh, guess the starting five and first few people off the bench in next year's roster. The starting five and the next few people off the bench for next year's roster. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. Um, and, that's, and that's if the season is canceled, because I think that's very different. The answer to this is very different if the season is canceled than if they play it all the way through. I think it's the same group of guys, man. Like, I think that they've yeah. kind of built everything to go into free agency of 2021. They'll probably look to, you know, maybe look to grab a guard on the market um, in free agency. Who even knows what free agency looks like if the if the season is canceled? Uh, I've heard people saying, like, hey, if we don't have playoffs, is there a, a lottery with every team in the league? In there? Yeah. Like, how does that work, right? Uh, but, yeah, I, I think that the the one thing that the Lakers could do to possibly get a, a starter is like a, you know, what does Kyle Kuzma, the 2020 pick after it's selected, and uh, Danny Green get you, right? Like you've got a decent amount of salary there and, uh, you know, some compelling pieces. I think that's the one thing that the Lakers could look to do if uh, if they want to bring in a different starter and change the composition of the team overall. But I think that Overall, the starting lineup's gonna like. I think the team's gonna be pretty similar overall. I couldn't tell you the first five off the bench. You know, I expect Caruso to be here. Um, I expect, uh, you know, maybe we do. Rondo has a playoff option. Player option, <laughs> right? Rondo's got. Yeah, I think I think things pretty much look the same. I know that's not the the sexiest answer, but I think that's what happens. Yeah, I think I think they wind up making a decision between Dwight and Boogie, and I think Dwight winds up leaving because he gets a better offer. Uh, Boogie, they'll they'll be able to get on the on the veterans minimum, so that'd be one change from this year's roster to next year. Uh, in terms of like the starting lineup, maybe because LeBron has spent an entire year with Caruso, he's allowed in the starting lineup next year. That'd be kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, beyond that, I, the other thing too to keep in mind is I think first round the the first round pick for this year. Uh, will have some diminished value because of how weird the draft process is going to be. Mm. Like teams are going to be a lot more wary about, you know, who they select right. and their it's confidence. Hard to fall in, in love with guys, in. right? Like hard to fall right. in love with a guy when you don't get to work him and work him out like, in did, person, did, right? Like, did you see the one thing where they said that uh, live video is not going to be allowed? With players like in their in their like highlight reels sent to teams, <laughs> it'd be all edited, right? <laughs> like, like no no prospects gonna miss a jumper. Like this entire draft process, it's gonna be fun. Anthony, do you, uh, think, that, so, do you think that we could edit your churro step in Vegas to <laughs> make you look like a potential first round pick this year? 
<laughs> they just, we just got to do that thing that they do in all like the the teen shows and in, in like high school shows where they feature sports where the the character shoots and it's always like a funky looking shot and then they show away from the character and they just show the bat the ball going through the basket so we just got to like get a super cut of the ball going in the in the basket i think we should make it super obvious too where like i shoot the 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 layup and then we show a ball going through a basket on an outdoor gym mm-hmm you know, like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right, right. One of those cheesy. Remember when they do that at basketball shows or basketball yeah. movies that were like really cheaply made? Yeah. <laughs> like they had that one. They had that like unauthorized Michael Jordan thing, where it was like very obvious the guy who was playing Michael Jordan was like five ten, and, and and could not dunk. But they still had like some guy jumping up there to dunk. It was incredible. I think that was on Lifetime. Uh, but but anywho, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll try to get that going. I do want at some point to redeem myself for that. And I also um, – I'm going to push back So, because uh, Harrison tweeted out your, your uh, uh, yes, my scouting is, of yes, it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I have – you've never seen somebody Eurostep away from the baseline? I mean, yeah, like, no, toward the baseline. Like, you know, if you're – driving to the basket like why would you drive out of bounds to your like unless you got like Giannis or ingram type of length where you're like reaching well, back out across your body to do again that. we're gonna edit this thing to make it look like i do <laughs> i love it um yeah no i want to redeem myself and 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 i'm gonna make that specific shot and uh this time i'll know that i'm being videotaped too uh, Freeing Harrison, D'Angelo Russell, me on that. Uh, yes. Let's take a quick second here. When we come back, we're going to finish answering your question. All right, so Park Wahlberg writes. Uh, hey guys, I simulated the rest of the NBA season on 2K and wanted to see what you guys thought about the results. Lakers got the two seed after a late season losing streak. Clippers got the one spot. Round one, uh, the Lakers beat the Rockets in five games. Uh, and then in round two, the Lakers beat the Mavericks in five games. Round three, the Lakers beat the Clippers in uh, seven games and then went on to beat the Celtics in the finals in six. Mm. Uh, mm. Anyway. It's like a good meal cooking, you know, like the walk by the stove, beat the Clippers, and then the Celtics in the finals. Celtics getting to the finals doesn't make me all that thrilled, but uh, beating them, yes. Milwaukee got beaten in the first round by Brooklyn without KD or Kyrie in this simulation. I see. Uh, So, obviously, we're off to a super realistic uh, start here. Um, And then after after this year, uh, AD opted out but didn't resign. Uh, resign ended up getting rid of Rondo and adding Derek Rose, Christian Wood, Matisse Thybul, and Tobias Harris uh, to the current team. How many wins does that team get in a full season? It does, it, next year I, wouldn't matter with no AD. Yeah. I, um, but yeah, what do you think about the the end of that season? How realistic? Other than the Bucks losing in the first round, do you see all that playing out? Yeah, I mean I, that sounds like a plausible scenario for sure. I think Boston. I'd be really surprised if Boston were to make the finals. Um, this is also the type of year where I think this season has, if they resume, has much more potential for something really freaking weird happening. Yeah, because it's such yeah. a really weird. Like there's no. There's nothing to base it off of, right? And I, I think that it's easy to forget kind of 
how especially veterans like a guy like LeBron, right? He's he was pacing himself for knowing exactly when the playoffs would start, exactly when he'd need his body and his performance right. to be at peak at peak performance. Now we don't know. So I wouldn't this year especially, I wouldn't really put much in the realm of, oh no, there's no way that could, that could happen. But that scenario there does sound aside from Milwaukee getting bounced by Brooklyn, I think that that's, you know, that's that's a Lakers wet dream right there. Yeah, I'd take it. Uh, I, I, as you were talking, I was actually thinking about Milwaukee specifically. And given how much they rely on the three-point shot, and depending on how much time they have before the playoffs get going, I actually could see them get knocked out in the first round. Because they're a very rhythm-based uh, team. Not Not like I wouldn't bet on... Well, I might bet on it, depending on the odds. But, like, given given... Yeah, again, like how reliant they are on three-point shooting and, uh, and you know, if they aren't hitting their three-pointers, that allows you to build a wall around the rim for Giannis, and that really Fs with his game. So I, I do think uh, there's a chance that, you know, they get knocked out early, but the longer that the playoffs go, I think the better they're going to get because of the stuff that I'm talking about, the, the the reps of being able to hit jumpers and stuff. So that would be interesting. Uh, the Rockets I could see losing in the first round, not just because of the stuff that we're talking about, the rhythm and, and shooting and all that, but they were kind of trending downwards by the time this thing uh, went into order anyway. Dallas relies on threes a ton, and I'm concerned about their ability to, to – like for me – if you want to a a trend to bet when this thing comes back, hammer unders in in terms of the over unders, and and really hammer the unders of the uh, the leading three point shooting teams in the NBA, and then also I would I would probably uh, bet against the Nuggets because when when things resume, Jokic might be four hundred pounds. All right, let's go to the next question here. Uh, this is a fun name. Maxim McNasty Hands Never Ashy. It's good to know. Right. Uh, although everybody's hands are pretty ashy, I think, right now. How much <laughs> we have to wash them. Uh, hey, Anthony and Pete, I have two separate questions for you. One, what do you guys think a Lakers championship win in 2008 would have done for Kobe's GOAT discussion? Would it have moved him past Anthony's uh, 6 through 10 all-time ranking? Yeah. Uh, the Lakers, and then two, the Lakers have so many greats to the point we overlook the incredible role players we've had. Uh, what should we should have? We should have a Lakers ring of honor like the Dallas Cowboys. Hypothetically speaking, if you had to nominate five Laker role players uh, to that, who would you put in? Oh, I like that question. Uh, all right, so let's start with number one though. Two thousand eight, Kobe wins a championship over the Celtics. Uh, ties Michael all time, does that loft him into, you know, top three, top five? Yeah, especially beating a, you know, like super team type team without, you know, Bynum was out all series, Arizo was out for most of it and hobbled when he did play like that. That team, remember that, that was a team that had just made the first round of the playoffs last couple of years before. And I'll, I'll go to my grave believing that that team got as far as they could have gotten with the talent mm-hmm. that they had. So, uh, yeah, them, them beating that monstrous 2008 Celtics team, they won 66 games. This is pre-knee injury, Garnett at age 32, I believe. Um, yeah. That would have been just a, you know, that, that was a, a huge hill to climb. And that's why... You know, as far as losing to the Celtics in the finals go, that's always 
that it always sucks. It doesn't bother me as much uh, as it could because I thought the Lakers got about as far as they could. If he did it, yeah, you know, you get six. You're right there with with Jordan. I, I think in a lot of the narrative arguments, at least, it certainly puts him in a in a different tier that's right up there with with Jordan and how LeBron is seen now. And whereas I don't think Kobe's viewed that way outside of Laker fans and. NBA players <laughs> in terms of like greatest of all time. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I would have loved to seen that series with a healthy Bynum and a healthy Arisa. Yeah. Like me the, too. I would have, uh, you know, even, even if, you know, we say we're not sure that that team, cause I'm, I'm still not positive. Arisa is a great matchup for like the Celtics are a great matchup for Arisa, uh, because, they're more of like a street fight type of matchup. Mm-hmm. They just want to beat the hell out of you. Mm-hmm. And Ariza is more of a, a track star. Right. Um, so so I think that was always going to be a bit of an issue there. But but if, you, if you're going to go into a street fight and not have your biggest dude at 100% health, right, uh, it would have been nice to have Bynum there because we saw the impact that he made in 2010 uh, with, the, with the way that the Lakers were able to rebound, especially in Game 7. Um, the second question here is a fun one. So I guess the premise of this is you retire jerseys, but you have a separate ring. So your jersey retirements, uh, like if you're in the ring of honor, I guess those numbers could t- potentially be worn again. Uh, that's the biggest thing that the Lakers would, I think, kind of run up against because they would start to run out of numbers to be able to use if you start to retire all the important role players. But if you're allowed to wear... Numbers from the guys who are in the ring of honor, uh, but continue to honor them, uh, and and have your jerseys retired of the all timers, right? The guys whose jerseys jerseys are currently retired. I think there's a fun way to that. that there's a yeah. way to make that work. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I I agree. I'm down for that idea as well. And uh, so who who is going into your ring of honor? My ring of honor. Well, Fish has to make it. Mm-hmm. Has to. Uh, Cooper has to make it. Mm-hmm. Uh. Man, Robert Ory. I'm debating between Robert Ory and Lamar Odom. I don't. I guess it, we don't have to do this by position, right? So no, I guess no. both those both those guys, Robert Ory and Lamar Odom, get in. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go like off the board here and say Michael Thompson, just because he's continued to mean a bunch to. I'm. I'm sure. I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get him on the show. So I'm gonna uh, keep right, saying right, right. nice oh, things yeah. about. Keep pumping him up. <laughs> I gotcha. Nice. <laughs> Like he was also like he was also really important in in at least one or two of those Boston series when when they got him sure. uh, to come off the bench he was he was really good there probably like his Lakers resume isn't good enough to be included in this and in, in, right. in all reality uh, but like I like I like guys who continue to make or, or, or continue to be a positive presence with the Lakers after they've they've gone. Like mm-hmm. Byron, not so much a positive presence sure. after after he's left, right? I like I like the idea of like Michael has become you know one of the voices for the Lakers, and I think he should get some recognition for that. Uh, who are you? Who's your Who's your five? Yeah, so I'm with you on those four, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about a fifth. The closest I can I can get to is actually Byron Scott, right? Just from his mm-hmm. playing career, uh, strictly. Yeah. Um, Beyond that, I don't think there's anybody else that really moves me to the point of, like, everybody else feels like a tier below those guys that we mentioned, right, in terms of their importance to – that's also one where, like, you have to be part of a championship team, I think, in order to – 
I, I'd love to give Van Exel and Eddie Jones some love, right? But it's a little different, right? Not being part of a championship team. So I'd probably yeah. just cap it out as those four. If I had to add a fifth, I'd probably go with Byron. Uh, but again, he feels like not in the same discussion as those as those other guys. To be clear, there is no way to gas up Byron. He is never coming on this show. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's not even like I would I would welcome him on here, but I guarantee you he he would never come on the show. Also, uh, a fun nominee here is Jack. Jack mm. would be fun oh, to go to. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. That'd be that'd be a fun one. Uh, let's go one more question here and get everybody out of here and and enjoy the rest of their week. Uh, let's go. Money Mike H, what's up, man? So with all this staying at home order, have you seen Tiger King on Netflix? Uh, I just finished it and curious to see your thoughts. Also, why is my Alex Caruso story always getting skipped? I've told it like five times. Went to a G League game last year. AC Fresh was there on the bench but wasn't playing. So after the game, I asked him for a pick. And he says, wait right uh, here after the game. So they go to the locker room, and I'm there waiting and waiting, and he never came back out. Come on, AC. That was like pre pre internet fame. Oh, ah, come on, man! All right, so did you have you checked out Tiger King? I have not. Um, I told myself that if I was going to do it, it would be deeper in the quarantine, and I'm not that We're deep in the in. quarantine. Yeah, no, I know, <laughs> I know. I think I may be able to make it uh, all the way through. I don't know. It's not. It's not as appealing to me as it is, I think, to other people. Yeah, I, I think. Like, my reaction to it was actually pretty similar to, like, your general attitude towards it. I didn't find it fun, didn't really find it funny. I found it mostly sad. And, like, the Mm. thing – remember, I'm the guy who, like, if I wasn't doing this and I had, like, a dream job I could go to, I said I would write a whale book. Uh (laughs) So, like, (laughs) I love animals. And, like, the entire time when I was watching that thing, I was just watching, like – tigers and lions and these beautiful animals get seriously mistreated yeah. uh so it was like hard for me to watch it and think of literally anything else even while like the psychology of it wasn't even that interesting to me you know there was a there was a discussion about like why is it these guys like why why Lebertard basically asked, like, why sexual deviance was such, like, runs so rampant in this, in this, like, culture of Tiger King. And it's like, these guys, the reason they get into doing this is because they want to, they, they think they can dominate everything. And so the main character, this Joey Exotic guy, uh-huh. like, he kept trying to turn and kept actually marrying straight men because it's his form of continued dominance over something that would not normally lean that way right so like i didn't find it in like compelling from from a humanity standpoint there's like the funny jokes and like everything that these guys do like if you just look at from a standpoint of like what would a redneck consider cool right that would that that was basically like every scene shot here Damn. you know blowing up a bunch of stuff and and uh you know the, these these exotic animals but yeah it was hard for me to get beyond there was this one scene dude where uh it was kind of later in the documentary later in the series and they were talking <laughs> oh, about so you, how so you they, watched it watched it right <laughs> you're like oh well, this is terrible no, I, so episode eight no. <laughs> no. In my defense, Jen watches it or, or watched okay. it a ton. And I, I more like came in and out. You know, she watched it late uh, at night and then like I, I'd be done, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so, 
So uh, it was like later in the documentary, and they were talking about how they were like running low on food. And while they're talking about running low on food, there's this clip of it had to be like 30 tigers in this one enclosure. And, and if you're like, if they're running low on food, guess what they're going to start doing? Right, they're gonna start ripping each other to shreds, and and like, how is that any way to treat one of the most majestic animals on the face of the earth? And that, yeah, it was. I'm getting heated talking about it. I didn't like the the jokes about it and the Carol, whatever her face is. Like that's all fun and games and stuff. But but it was hard for me to like think of anything other than the animals. Yeah, I like I said, I haven't watched it. All I know is supposedly she fed that dude to a, a tiger, her husband to a tiger. That's like yeah, that's the part that's made it out into my. <laughs> very, very apparently bizarre atmosphere. Yeah, uh, I, I, I was paying close attention to Jen in that scene. Yeah, yeah. And be like, nothing about this is educational, hey, right, honey? Move yeah. away from that notepad. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Lakers podcast. Good questions uh, this week. Thank you guys a ton for that. Continue getting those questions in, and like I said, we just answered a Tiger King question. So if you have questions on anything else, uh, let me know. Uh, Pete and I are going to come back tomorrow with probably some another entry into the bracket. Uh, so make sure you guys are stay tuned to that. If you've missed any of these shows so far, I've particularly enjoyed uh, recording the what ifs. And I have a question to get to you. We'll, we'll ask, I got to ask you this question about a what if episode you did with Darius. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that on tomorrow's show. Um, uh, but yeah, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's stay safe. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.